Oh, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. Abin, yeah, this is the Black Country Blokes, Tuna Fat, here with me, Kev Dillon and Lee Cadman. And our special guest today is Richard Moss from Integrated Plus. I got it right there. <laughs> and uh, by the way, we're on Black Country, the main station tomorrow, 9pm till 11pm. And we'll go live on the main station. And then we go, as always, on Black Country Extra on Thursday. So, Richard, thank you ever so much for coming on, bro. No worries, no. Uh, first of all, what is Integrated Plus? So, Integrated Plus is a social prescribing service. Um, so, we take referrals from GPs and healthcare professionals. And it's for people with non-clinical needs that are affecting their well-being. So, it can be like social, emotional, practical issues that are affecting them. So it's not like, say, um, if I've got schizophrenia or uh, bipolar, it's more of uh, behavioural habits. I mean, we do get referrals for high-level mental health, but we would kind of support them maybe to engage with services or to sort out things that are going on that they might not be able to cope with. So more like uh, caring the community kind of thing. Yeah, and helping to link them in with services that can help with their well-being and just, just kind of... I always explain when I go to see uh, a client for the first time is you go to your doctor and you have five or ten minutes to kind of talk about one yeah. thing. But with us, you have as long as you want to talk about as much as you want and kind of set up um, goals and aspirations with regards to your health and well-being. So a lot, like a, a buddy program kind of thing. So they uh, mentoring. So you can go and describe how you're feeling as well as finding things to do with them. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the kind of one of the things about social prescribing is it's very broad mm. so there's kind of like motivational interviewing there's health coaching there's lots of different things involved um within the process of working with somebody and it also depends on that person and how would people get the this is it is it something like the gp would say go and check out this yeah. or have they got to find you so it is done by referrals from healthcare professionals but you can go to your gp surgery and say you know i'm struggling with this um with this situation whatever it is and they'll do the referral to integrate plus because i'd never heard of you until like we talked the other week on the phone and is it something that needs to be more put out there you think yeah possibly i think it's been around for a long time so there's been a lot of different guises so there's been kind of under the name of link worker social prescriber there's lots of different names for it but um the name social prescribing is kind of you know, you go to the GP and you get a prescription for medication, Yeah. but you can come to us and we can kind of look at your social situation and look at things that we can link you into that can help your wellbeing. Because I've worked with um, like Connections and the Youth Offenders over the years. Yeah. Is it another branch of that tree? It's similar. It's similar. Yeah. It's just very broad. So it comes from um, the NHS's personalised model for care. Yeah. So with every referral that we get, every person has a different situation. So it might be financial, it might be domestic abuse, it might be mental health, but depending on the situation will depend on kind of where we link them into and the work that we do with them. And what kind of ages does it normally start at? So it's with adults. With adults. Um, there, there are children's social prescribing services, but we work with, with adults. And what kind of things do you offer? Um, so like I said, we help with 
could be like um, benefits, it could be um, financial situations, uh, social isolation, mental health, um, domestic abuse. There's there's lots of different, basically anything that's not clinical that's affecting a person's well-being, we will try and try and help and support them with. What you just said, like helping with benefits, because <clears throat> yeah. you get these massive sheets and they ask you the same question 15 times and you're not sure if you've written it the right time and you don't want to repeat yeah. yourself. And it can be very daunting and you feel like, am I, am I blagging? By asking for help and a lot of times it isn't that way yeah and i think a lot of people that uh, in terms of benefits and things a lot of things number one are online these days mm. which a lot of people find it quite difficult to navigate online services anyway um so a lot of benefits are online sometimes like with certain applications you get a massive um big booklet that you have to fill out and mm. a lot of people find that daunting and yeah. that can kind of be the first hurdle to to get in benefits and people fall down at that and i like it how everything's online now so we assume that everyone's got a computer or a smartphone yeah and as we know as you said like with finance mm. i'm asking for benefits to give me money mm. but i haven't got enough money to buy a laptop a tablet a telephone yeah. so how am i supposed to fill in the forms yeah exactly. <laughs> and what you said about loneliness i mean i always say the best friend of any form of mental health is loneliness yeah. and then it's i feel alone but how do i reach out for a friend or a mentor yeah and i think like we are social creatures and that's kind yes. of you know the the stable or the kind of the base of any person's mental health is interaction with other people um and if you don't have that like for the last 15 months people during the pandemic have mm. experienced lots of social isolation and i think a lot of mental health has come from that so i think it, it's a crucial role particularly at this point now i can imagine your your um your your job has changed over the last 15 18 months then in terms of how because hey if you were if someone was learning you would usually recommend them go to a certain club um, whether it be a book club for instance yeah. to meet more people with similar interest how do you how did you get around that during covid yeah so there was a lot of all of our appointments went to telephone appointments um a lot of services moved to just being purely on the telephone so there was a lot of things like digital inclusion so where people couldn't go out and see other people because they had long-term health conditions and they were vulnerable we would loan them out tablets and do different things like that where they could engage with other people in a safe using a safe medium which would be like an ipad or a laptop or something that they've been loaned out and shown how to use yeah. So, so it's, it's, you've you've carried on. It just it's just gone to kind of online and yeah. that way around it, yeah. which is is what a lot of people have had to, haven't they? Really, over the last eighteen months, and uh, it's fantastic yeah. you can carry on and do that now. Yeah, and I think I think like like you said in terms of working as well, everyone's got Zoom fatigue from all Zoom meetings mm -hmm. and things, and it's not the same being online, but it is at least somebody there who you can see have that face to face interaction with. So that that's something. Yeah, I remember like through lockdown because obviously my daughter couldn't see nanny and granddad. And yeah. It was so good that we had got Zooms and <clears throat> WhatsApp, yeah. so at least I could see each other. It wasn't the same as having a cuddle and the kiss, but at least I had some yeah. familiarity of seeing nanny and granddad's face. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one person that I worked with every Christmas, she her family lived in Chester, and we got her a tablet and things, and she managed to spend Christmas Day with her family, but virtually. Yeah. And that meant the world to her, and it's things like that where that like it that's the job basically. And you're saying your organisation was uh, like lending tablets and things so people could do this. Yeah, so like digital inclusion projects. I think they they really hit off, and 
people showing like maybe elderly people who didn't know how to use technology how to use it and literally turn it on and press this button and leaving them with instructions and i think a lot of people as well had maybe younger family members who could just literally call them and they would appear yeah, on the screen yeah. magically and yeah so that's the beauty of having kids about because they just go pop pop and it's done isn't it yeah, so it's always like me just pushing everything yeah, <laughs> but, but it's one of those things and, it, and it's working with the person to just yeah. find out find out what they can and can't do and just working around that i suppose well i know our organizations the lines boxing club my home which is downstairs because mm. we do a furlough club every tuesday thursday friday half 10 to half 11 mm. where anyone can turn up um, and then we do a women's only on a wednesday 10 till 11 mm. and 11 30 to 12 30 so that's just for the women so in the tuesday thursday friday women can train with men if they'd like to mm. like we have some women who like to they're not bothered but then we do a women's only yeah. where some women don't want to train around men you know so we're trying to incorporate and get different organizations to say yeah. it's for free if you do want to come down here's a safe and friendly place to come and train and it's inclusive and yeah that's 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 the great thing about it and i think different organizations have found different ways around it and thankfully now with the restrictions being mm. lifted things are starting to open up again and there's a lot of good outdoor things going on as well like allotment groups and people working outdoors and walk and draw groups and you know just getting people out again it's a big thing and i think more avenues you can have because some people would like to go for a walk some people mm -hmm. like to plant some potatoes yeah. some people want to go and box and a lot of the times we've only found one thing we will get everyone to play football whereas mm -hmm. you ask me and Lee, there's nothing worse than me and you kicking a ball <laughs> about but that might work for you or yeah. music might work for you or yeah we've got to find these different avenues and these different groups mm. so we can help more people. Yeah, definitely. And that, again, the personalized approach is to tap into what's important to the person. So not telling them what's important to them or what they should do, yeah. but it's listening to the person and kind of working on their strengths. So yeah, finding out what their interests are and then, yeah, then yeah. And navigating them to, the, yeah. to that group. I think it's also important. Kev mentioned there that um, what he does on the furlough club is free and yeah. it's important those kind of places are are still free where you can do your yeah. book club your your allotment or a really low cost because a lot of people are going to be struggling coming out of coming out of yeah. covid and and with what's going on with jobs and work and so i think it's important that these community groups and that you know about them so is, is there a way if someone has a community group they can contact you so you can direct them to yeah so integrated plus work um is kind of a um part of Dudley CVS which is uh, the Council for Voluntary Services so we have contact with most voluntary services and um, but yeah I mean if they wanted to get in touch they would get in touch through Dudley CVS and then then yeah yeah we would we would add them to kind of the directory of the services list. that we have yeah. and yeah. You also started started the job was it ju just before or, or during Covid? Yeah so I started in this role April of this year um, and I had two previous roles during the pandemic. <laughs> So, so it's, I bet it's been, you're saying actually you, you you hadn't really met much of the team, only over um, no, no. Zoom, Skype yeah. yourself. I mean, it's where you found going back in and, and actually meeting people face to face. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good because I think, I think working from home and just doing phone calls and a lot of the phone calls were very similar because a lot of people are experiencing that social isolation, mental health. And that can become draining because you do those calls all day and there's only a certain amount you can do because there's only a certain amount of services open. And that can become draining but luckily i mean uh, we've integrated plus we have uh clinical supervisions you've got your line manager who's always there for you but yeah at times it can be kind of like a lonely place and obviously like 
working from from home with a young baby is also mm. challenging. <laughs> challenging yeah yeah uh, we, but, we've all experienced that haven't we over the last few even months even your best mate if you go Riley, what have you been up to? Sam is you. I've been walking around the living room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was hard and it looks like my oldest and best friends. You're thinking, yeah. oh, what do I talk? And like, your relationships can even break down. It's like, yeah. my wife has worked from upstairs all, all through lockdown and yeah. I've had my daughter. And yeah. and then she go, oh, well, you, you're not, we're not talking. You go, well, what have we got to talk it's about? Because yeah. in the real world, mm. we have buffers. You have... Yeah. I got on the bus. Oh, I saw Darren. Oh, yeah. yeah. I went to the gym. I got a good sweat. I saw Lee. I saw his dog. But when you just sat there and it's like, well, what have you been up to? Yeah. Well, nothing. No one's been up to. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the hard thing, yeah. isn't it? More people I've talked to. And that's why it's been brilliant. Like, we do our support group here every Wednesday, don't we? Like, yeah. And we did it through lockdown. And it was great. Getting at the house, yeah. not having to be daddy, not having to be husband. Yeah. And we could just sit there and go, I've been you guys, what have you been up to? <laughs> and everyone would get nothing. <laughs> but they would all laugh about it. And then go, well, my wife's been brilliant. She's done this for me. Or my wife's been doing maiden. Or you're lucky, guys. I haven't got anyone. I'm living on my own. So that you were all there going through the same battle, but different journeys through it. And then you pick each other up and go, you know what? It's all right. You know, uh, I, I had a panic attack or uh, I had a wobble or... Like we, um, we did a mental health uh, first uh, mental health awareness course on yeah. Saturday. Was Saturday when it made? Yeah, it was right. With mental health uh, first CIC and Cherry Gillings. We've had Cherry on the show many times. Love her to bits, mm. and she was saying human beings are sociable animals, mm. but for the last eighteen months we've been frightened to be social, and now we're allowed to be sociable animals. Now we've got that anxiety of. Am I allowed to do the thing that most comes natural to me? Yeah, I think it's a, a big thing of like, one of the things I was really interested in when I did my um, my psychology degree was kind of looking at people. There's a thing called the a wandering mind is an unhappy mind. It's like a mm. study, but it's like people have had so much time to themselves mm. in the house, not doing anything. And your mind starts to wander. And like you said, you get anxious and yeah. then, you know, you build these kind of, I don't know, self-defeating barriers and things and you, you do you just become anxious and you become also kind of institutionalized living at home mm. and not wanting to go out and not wanting to you know you know, like you said you, you look turn on the news and it's oh here's another government press conference about how Death. many people have died yeah. yeah yeah and it is it's just it does drag you down eventually and but yeah but isn't it funny when we go into the real world and even like if you drive past a busy beer garden or you drive past mm. a busy park and you go, are they allowed to do that? Are they? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're like, is that allowed? Yeah. Let me just check on the <laughs> Normally, on a gorgeous day, well, not like a day like today, yeah. but, you know, you drive past a heaving beer garden, you go, oh, good on them, the pub's needed. But then you're thinking, do I feel safe to go yeah. back there? Or, yeah. oh, so-and-so is playing uh, a concert. And you go, would I feel easy being there? Mm. And we did a thing for uh, the Commonwealth Games last Wednesday. It was one year uh, to the Commonwealth Games. I'm one of the hometown heroes. Mm. And we went up there. It was brilliant, by the way. Anyone who was there was brilliant. Uh, there was boxing on, wrestling, and all these different things. But you were still that bit of, yeah. are we a bit too close? Do I hand sanitise every time I touch someone? Yeah. And I've always been one to walk over and go, Richard, love to meet you, bro. Lee, how you doing? Handshaking. And it kind of put that mm, involved. Yeah, I think it's everybody's cautious. Well, some people, most people are more cautious now. But I think it's kind of divided people, hasn't it? Because yeah. you've got the people who 
kind of like, no, this is, there's nothing to worry about. And there's the people who are really worried. And yeah. there is kind of, I think, uh, an in-between section, but I think it's particularly online, there's those kind of anti-vaxxers, this isn't real, blah, 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 versus yeah. the people who are really, really worried and really scared. And it's very divisive. I think you're right, but I, I'm hoping as well that people, because of it become more considerate to other people. Mm. I've had a couple of business meetings today and um, first thing I've asked them as they've come up is, do you want to shake hands? You know, yeah, let's yeah. ask that question. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. wrong. If they said, no, I don't feel comfortable, yeah. that's absolutely fine. If they do, then I'm fine with shaking hands as well. So I think, you know, hopefully yeah. people become more compassionate to other people's feelings and, and, yeah. and how they feel about it all. Definitely. I think if people are doing the lateral process, which, you know, we, we do, at least twice a week and when i go to do home visits and things you take the precautions and you ask the person how they feel most comfortable a lot of people want to do it in their garden because mm -hmm. it's outside and it's you know but yeah it's just being like you said responsible and wary that other people might be living with somebody with a long-term health condition yeah. You know? yeah have you found it with the people you work with have you seen a massive spike in just um general anxiety with it yeah there's, there's a lot of a lot of so a lot of people recently who we've talked about going to different do different things different groups different activities and things there's always that not always but there's with quite a few people there's that barrier of kind of oh going out again and i'll do things again and yeah. it's that thing of it have the build-up of 15 months staying in and yeah. you know am i going to go out again and luckily like i said a lot of things that were we funded in terms of projects and, and activities are outside. Mm. So there's that thing of, you know, you, you do what you want to do, you keep the distance you want to keep, but you can still come and socialise and be part of, of something. Mm. So, And you've had 18 months or whatever it is. Mm. You do build hurdles. And it's like if um, mm. I'm going to the gym tonight, it's different to I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. Now I'll go next week. Yeah. Now I'll go in a month's time. And every day that goes by, you think, well, now I'll wait for it to be a bit sunnier. Now it's a bit too hot today. Oh no! Well, the baby kept me up all night. Yeah. The longer it goes, more hurdles you put there. Whereas if it's just jump out the airplane, all right, go. Yeah. And longer we leave, stuff harder it can become, can't it? Yeah. And the more you think about it, isn't it? It's one of those things where if you just do something, and that's the thing about kind of living, not living in the moment, but we we do a lot of things around kind of being mindful of you know how you're feeling, but also mindfulness. So that's kind of trying to be present in the moment and you're not thinking about the past or the future you're thinking about what you're doing now yeah. which kind of has helped a lot of people in terms of their anxiety because if you're anxious you're either thinking about the future or the past yeah. but if you're present in the moment and thinking about what you're doing then you're in that kind of flow state and you're not thinking about those anxieties and those kinds of things so well i saw on facebook today and i shared it emily from gravy banana mm. emily listens to the show massive supporter of us but she was saying like I'm going, I'm going to the pub tonight, but yeah. how about if I can't get a taxi? Mm. How about if it's busy? How about if I can't get to the toilet? How about if my wife leaves me? You have all these, mm. how about ifs? Mm. But the mind doesn't realise if it's a real threat or a pretend threat. So we have the anxiety to brace us for something that may come. Instead of going, mm. we will get a taxi. If we don't get a taxi at half past eight, we'll get one at nine o'clock. It doesn't matter for a bit late. Mm. If I need the toilet, Lee will show me. If Kate leaves, which she won't, I'll have someone. It's, but we've yeah. got to reassure ourselves. But what we do naturally is we go through every scenario. Yeah. And that scenario is a scenario of panic. Yeah. 
and sometimes that's what we do with when we work with people we kind of say look at the worst possible situation of what you think might happen in this situation and then create like a plan around it so have like an action plan if the worst possible thing does happen mm. um and then just have those things in place and to mind for if it does happen if you almost work it backwards yeah yeah and kind of look at it as this is this is the goal of what i want to do these are the things that could go wrong what can i have in place mm. that will kind of help to get through that um yeah. i think that's a good exercise and do you want to explain to some of the um, listeners what mindfulness is yeah so like i said about kind of just um the, well, the basic principle of mindfulness is just being present in the moment and thinking about what you're doing so a lot of mindfulness techniques and things that revolve around concentrating on your breathing, concentrating on things around you, trying to be present in the moment and kind of concentrating rather than living, you know, thinking about the past or the future and just not being present in what you're doing. So, you know, like a lot of people drive somewhere and they think, oh, how did I get here? Mm. You do a 20 minute drive. It's a route, you know, you're on autopilot, you're thinking about other things and you get there. But there's that thing of kind of, being present in the moment and if something happens that you're not expecting then you're able to react but also just being present in the moment can reduce that any anxiety about thinking about oh when i get there i've got to do this got to do that yeah. this is what i'm doing now and you know being calm and in the moment and worry with what you're doing because i think you've struggled with that over the years and you leave the same well how are you going well i'm always fine you go no but how are you mm. well the worst going well, no but how are you yeah <laughs> well actually when, when i did more counseling the counselor said to me any worries or fears you got down write them down um but I have two columns i can't remember the name of the columns now but i think it was something like ones you can do something about and ones that you you can't do anything about and it's amazing how many worries that you have that you can't do anything about or or that is not going to affect you with within so many months you know it's not going to affect you now and you, you look at that and you go oh, why am i worrying it doesn't stop you but it does help help to do to write that down and give actually yeah that's really like I, I like everyone knows now who listens my my youngest is severely disabled and i worry about things that may happen to her mm. i was like you, you can't you know there's no oh, you can't affect that anyway mm. if she's gonna get ill she's gonna get ill so me standing here thinking she's gonna get ill yeah. is not gonna help me or her so yeah. you know part that over there yeah. but over here oh i've got to um i don't know i've got to clean out the car Oh, I can do something about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it was just separating what I could do from what I couldn't. Yeah. What I couldn't affect. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of when we set, I always try and set short-term and long-term goals with the person. So maybe like we were talking about the long-term goals of doing something where like it's a long time in the future, but you can always set those little goals of things that you can do and that you can control. And that help you achieve to, that long-term. Yeah, yeah. And it just gives you that direction. It's like once you know what you want to do long-term, you can do all these little things that will help you to get there rather than worrying about things that are beyond your control. That's it. And we do we do something similar with the podcast. So obviously we want to grow the podcast to reach more people, same as a radio show. But we didn't expect to come out the gate and have 9,000 listeners a week. Mm. Yeah. You know, that would have been un unrealistic. But, we, but we'd put things in place like doing the social media and, uh, and things along that way to reach that goal. Mm. Uh, it's the same, same, same with your everyday life things, isn't it? Have you ever seen that video on um, YouTube? And he's a lecturer and he's got a pot. And he goes, um, I'll put uh, the golf balls in there first. And they go, uh, is that full? And he goes, oh, hang on. And he pours some marbles in there. And he fills around. He goes, well, is that full now? And they went, yeah. And he goes, all right, then. Then he pours some sand in. And he goes, is that full now? And they go, yeah. And he goes, 
because I've put them in the right order. Mm. I put the important things, my family, my health, my whatever, in first. Mm. Then it's the little bits, uh, my car, my phone bill, my, and then the other bits, and the other bits are normally just shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is it raining? I've got my shoes. I've got, yeah. and he goes, but it's putting the things into order. Mm. If you put the sand in first, then obviously you can't fit the marbles, you can't fit the golf balls. So you've got to focus on the important things first. And I think that's where we often get lost in life because obviously we're all dads here. It should be our partners, our kids, our health. But then often we, we worry too much about is how many people turned up to the gym today or how many people are going to be listening to this today or if it rains tomorrow, are we going to be able to have a nice day? They're trivial worries, aren't they? Yeah. But we can easily get lost in trivial worries. And I think that's a great analogy as well, the, the putting the pools in the sand and stuff in the jar, because it is, it's a good analogy of kind of, like you said, the big things in life, the things that are kind of medium sized and then the tiny things that, you know, would probably be on your control anyway. Yeah. And that if you spend, if you put those in first, then there's no room for the other things. And, and it can consume, can't it? And often we, and I'm guilty of this, and, you know, I love my wife with all my heart, but sometimes I can see why she can feel why sometimes... I haven't given it a hundred percent because I'm worried about Tom Dick and Harry from the club or someone, you know, and yeah. because I'm a caring soul, yeah. you want to help everyone. But sometimes the people we love the most mm. are sat on the back burner. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think it's, and that, that's another thing when you're working with somebody, it's kind of, you know, talking about who are the people most important to you and how, how you can be kind of not a positive influence, but kind of, you know, like you said about with your wife and things how you can be positive part of their life and how they can be you know it's, it's a kind of a reciprocal thing isn't it like yeah. you said about the social situation or social being so if you're good to somebody then the more likely thing is they'll be good to you and it, it's kind of a reciprocal relationship and sometimes you need that person there to actually point that out that those people are the yeah. important people in your yeah. life mm -hmm. you know because you you don't forget about them but you you you, you you take it for granted, I suppose, mm. because they're there all the time. Yeah. Sometimes actually having someone like yourself to speak to and go, actually, this is this is where where you should be concentrating. Mm. These are the people who, who should mean something. Yeah. Don't worry about that that those worries there, they're not that important. Mm. This is where your concentration is. Yeah. And did you find coming from is it psychology psychology? Yeah, so much agrees. And did you is, is that, <clears throat> did you want to become a psychologist or did you always like to study it and then have uh, branch off to other things? Well, I studied it because I was interested in it and I did think about for a while going into kind of maybe counselling and things. But the more I actually talked to one of my best friends and he he's a social worker and he was saying we kind of had this discussion at work, which was a long time ago. We both used to work in care mm. um, about I talked about kind of people's. Um, like well-being in terms of their psychology but he spoke about their social situation and if you give somebody so much counseling but you're sending them back into a poor yes. social situation then they're going it's going to end up going yeah for them having poor mental health because you're affecting them but you, you can't affect everything that's going on around them but if you can create or not create but help them to kind of facilitate a better environment for them and more better social situations and more support then that can help to improve their well-being. We see so many people that come out of prison yeah. or that come out of institutes. Mm. And the moment they leave, they're put back in to the situation yeah. where they're left and you're thinking, 
Or worse. Or worse, yeah. yeah. They've, um, I'm never going to get back into drugs. However, the only way I know to make money mm. if I'm selling drugs, yeah. all of my friends are still in the system, or I'm, uh, I come out of uh, a bushy field, let's say, mm. and I go back to my same flat where the problem started. Yeah. They're, they're, not, they're not giving me any options mm. to fill my time better. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it is just about helping to, to fill your time or knowing what your options are. Because a lot of people, like you said, if you're in and out of jail or if you're in and out of kind of uh, secondary mental health facilities and things, then mm. you might not know what's available and what's out there. Mm. So a referral to uh, the Integrated Plus service, it might open your eyes to a world of possibilities that you didn't even know existed. Um, and that's kind of the idea of the service to let people know what's available to them. And I always think, uh, like, if you've got these services, go and try it, go and try allotments because you never know you might enjoy it. there might be something like my granddad my god bless him he loved his garden so as a child mm -hmm. i was very lucky in my life because i was very surrounded by love and different things that we could try and yeah. i was encouraged to try new things but so many people go oh, planting plants uh, but you never know unless you've tried it go and try it yeah and i always say to people it's not really about like obviously you do the work on the allotment but it, it's yeah. the social thing isn't it you go yeah. there you meet new people you're out in the in nature and you're doing things well, and this club shows that doesn't it there's, there's so many people who turn here and turn up here and don't train but come yeah. to have a chat with your mom or, yeah. or kev or you know or even the other parents yeah you know it's not about them training is it it's about being part of the lions community well emily the parents you know when like say their son or their daughter back it in the parents are also because they've been coming here three four mm -hmm. times a week for 10 12 years and i'm just saying we'll just Come up, show your face, come and have a coffee, and just because your kids don't want to do no more, still become and be part of the team. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we're looking at at the moment is starting up. So we've got a few different projects going. One of them is uh, having volunteers, mm. so people who are kind of like peer support for the people who are referred to the service. Mm. So maybe people who we've worked with in the past who are in a better situation now, yeah, who can lend support to other people because I think it's important. Yes, to have. Um, people who have gone through yeah. similar situations and can provide that peer support because maybe as a professional, I, I don't know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. I don't kind of have that lived experience. But if you have somebody with that lived experience, then they have that first-hand knowledge of what you're going through and maybe maybe tips to how they got through tough times. Or we uh, spoke about that many times, haven't we, Kevin? Yeah. That um, a lot of the I won't say flaws, but a lot of the the reason why we feel a lot of people. Um, watch us and come to our support group is because we all have people on with lived experience or we've lived it yeah. um and i've i've done counseling that and the one thing i sat across from a nice lady you know she was not i don't think it helped me as much as doing this podcast because she although she might have been through those experiences she certainly didn't talk to me about them yeah. so it was harder to relate whereas i know i'll speak to kev i'll speak to some of the guests we have on and actually they they go yeah i'll, I'll been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, and this is how I dealt with it. Try it, it might work. Yeah. I think sometimes having that thing in common is, uh, well, I think uh, the majority of the time having that thing in common is is, yeah. is really good. Definitely. Builds rapport, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. When I was going through the fog, this helped me. Oh, really? It didn't help me? Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not knocking you. Mm. However, it helped me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, that, like I said, that, that throwing ideas around and things and obviously there's a place for counseling but like you said mm. it didn't really you wanted that kind of backwards and forwards and yeah. you didn't just want somebody to sit there and kind of 
probe you want to but it's the same with everything isn't it because some yeah. people react really well to medication yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. some people react well to counseling some people react well to hypnotherapy you know yeah. it's it's about finding what what yeah. does work for you and trying those things find and, your medicine yeah, yeah yeah and that, that's kind of the idea as well with regards to like a lot of people that work with i just say you know we'll try this once or twice and if it doesn't work there's other options yeah, yeah. um and as long as we know that it doesn't work then we can kind of cross that off the list and like long-term goal we still have all these short-term things that we can do to get there mm. so and i think the key is what you said is go with an open mind go with mm. your mindset this might work often hypnotherapy nlp counseling mm. uh cb uh or loads of different stuff and I, every time i went with let's give this a go because i think when you go and go waste of time yeah it's not going to work yeah so you've got to go try it. If it doesn't work, try something else, try something else, and then hopefully you'll find something that does work. But you've got to go into stuff with an open mind of, this might just help. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's another part of our role is to, maybe if somebody's got really bad anxiety, is to help them to maybe go to the first group and help mm. them to engage with the group. Because if you've got really bad anxiety and we're saying, do you want to go to this support group? They're like, it's a group of people. I have anxiety. <laughs> I don't want to go. Yeah. But if, if, you know, we've spent time with them, we've talked to them, then you can you can just be that reassurance of this person's going to be there with me to just kind of see me through the first session and see if I enjoy it. We, we find that again with the with the support group we do. A lot of the time, I'll, if it's someone new, I'll say, right, come up half an hour early and come and join me upstairs and we'll have a chat. Yeah. Just because who, want, who wants to walk into a so room with yeah. they don't know? Yeah. You know, it's going to cause you anxiety. Whether you're, at, whether you're an anxious person or not, it's not going to be... Yeah, it, you know it's gonna it's gonna be playing on your mind either way. Yeah. So they're yeah, doing things like going to the first one with them, yeah. so it's someone familiar, someone who they can yeah. talk to straight and away. Like, little things like just showing them where it is, because like even just finding somewhere, somebody can just yeah. get like like you said about like just having anxiety attack, kind of find it and just go. Yeah, I didn't even make it to the session. Yeah, so, then you feel guilty about not making. You feel like you beat yourself down because yeah, I said I was gonna go. I promised myself, and then. It's not you've bottled it, but that anxiety has just become too much for you to bear. Yeah. And then you've exit stage left. And that makes things worse. Yeah. yeah. And it's that it's that cycle of, you know, oh, I've let myself down again. Mm. It's the anxiety gets worse. And yeah, yeah. So just having someone there often helps quite a lot just to just to kind of help them to do that initial session or whatever. Have you got any quick tips for someone who might be anxiety? Say someone that <clears throat> is thinking of coming to one of your groups or our support group. Have you got any? quick suggestions that something that might help i mean there's a lot of different things on online with regards to kind of mindfulness practice with regards to things that you could do to reduce anxiety i think like i said about writing things down and you know what's the worst possible thing that can happen and if that yeah. does happen what will i do or what can i do to help support myself and you know always knowing that even if you went somewhere and you only got to the front door and then you left mm. you, you went out and you got there yeah and then maybe next time you'll you'll go there and you'll go in yeah, yeah so do it in stages yeah and not being hard on yourself and not beating yourself up because i think that's one of the worst things that everybody does to themselves yeah <laughs> you know people around you be like they have the kind of um what's the word they have that kind of awareness that you have that bias that you are you and you're very critical of yourself but other people be like oh no it's fine mm -hmm. you know you don't need to do it now and you're like i did need to do it now yeah, yeah. putting pressure on you on yourself yeah anyway. yeah yeah, but, yeah. So. Ready any comments lee no I well everyone's left us today well guys we've got our support group to well, in fact it's a busy one tomorrow lately we're doing our support group tomorrow from the lions boxing club 
Uh, we are going to have to finish slightly earlier tomorrow because uh, we start at seven. We're going to have to finish about 20 to eight tomorrow, Lee, because we've got to zoom yep. over to Black Country Radio to do our show on the main station. There we are. And then we'll zoom on, go live. It's going to be a bit more music than we used to. I've picked up the songs, so uh, <laughs> but f- feel free to uh, write in tomorrow because you'll be able to write in from the main station. So in a big Arvinia and uh, anyone from the boxing world or our BCB family, please get involved. On Thursday's show on Black Country Extra, we've got Blind Dave, who run the seven marathons. I'm really looking forward to talking to him. Really looking forward to it. We had uh, Andy on the other day, also lost his vision. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Dave, uh, meeting him in person. He was there. Um, Another hometown hero, isn't he? Kid? Yeah, he's one of the other hometown heroes. You know, it was Blind Bloke smashing it. <laughs> so, uh, no, I can't remember. We've got, we got, and I guess for next year hasn't been confirmed, has he? <laughs> I can't keep up. <laughs> so, Rich, have you got any quotes or sayings that have helped you get through life? Yeah, so you pre warned me about this. So I actually <laughs> looked into this. And, but yeah, so there's a TV show called The Wire. Yeah, brilliant. Love it. Yeah. So there's, there's two cops talking to one another, and the one cop keeps on and on about a case, and then the other cop goes, says to him about life it's the things that happen whilst you're waiting for moments that never come yeah so that's kind of the mindfulness thing again you need to concentrate on the moment rather than waiting for moments that never come yeah so they did some great quotes on there didn't they brilliant program yeah that's my favorite yeah. <laughs> so guys until we see each other next time take care of yourselves and each other to our bit listen listen and that's a wrap for another show But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta-ra a bit. Listen, listen.